Okay, our chapter for today was 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Um, and in this chapter, Paul is beginning to wind things down in the letter. Uh, in the first part of the letter, he re- relates to them a vision he had of heaven itself. Um, but the thorn in the flesh, quote unquote, that the Lord sent him afterwards to keep him from becoming prideful uh, over the vision he received is also mentioned there. In the latter half of the chapter, Paul once again returns to the theme of assuring them that every uh, time he would come to them, he would not be a burden to them uh, in any way. Uh, he wouldn't require any payment or compensation from them, but would live on the contribution of other churches so that no one in Corinth could accuse him of ministering solely for material gain. Uh, I just want to briefly consider one of the things we find here, and it has to, to do, as you might guess, with that thorn that was given to him in the flesh. Um, I, I just mentioned that Paul begins the chapter by recounting a vision that he had received from the Lord in which he was taken up into the third heaven, according to verse 2. What does Paul mean by that, that phrase? Um, it was simply a way of referring to the highest heaven or the very presence of the Lord in heaven. It's referred to in verse 3 as paradise. Um, I cannot imagine the things that Paul saw in that vision even he said in verse 4 he heard things that cannot be told which man may not utter and let me just say that this verse uh, ought to give us a little perspective on the the plethora of books and even movies that have come out in the last 10 years or so by people purporting to have actually died seen heaven briefly and then been, been resuscitated back to life you you know uh, heaven is for real and seven minutes in heaven or something like that you know um yeah purporting to to have seen things in heaven and coming back and report what they saw there and they write books to describe uh heaven and what they saw and what they briefly experienced well let me just say if paul had anything to say about it it was simply the things he saw and heard they they cannot be told uh, and so Paul Paul literally did receive a vision for heaven. And when he came back, he didn't say, let me tell you what I saw. He said, I can't tell you anything of what I saw. And so for that reason, I, for one, do not believe the accounts written in these wildly popular books and even movies. Um, scripture reveals all that we will know of heaven short of being there ourselves for eternity. Do we really think modern-day authors... Um, uh, really and truly experienced heaven and were able to utter things that the, the very apostle Paul himself couldn't? Yeah, I doubt it. But Paul, though, did in fact re- receive a vision of heaven itself. And, and you can imagine the sense of privilege and pride uh, an experience such as that could create in a person's heart. I, mean, I can imagine if it were me. So Paul was convinced that in order, to, as he puts it in verse 7, to keep him from being too elated by the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given him in the flesh. And Paul describes his thorn as a messenger of Satan in verse 7. And yet it appears that this messenger of Satan was ultimately under the sovereign control of God since three times Paul pleaded with the Lord in verse 8 that it should leave him. It reminds me of Job's situation in which Satan was given divine permission to harass Job. This appears to be a similar situation with Paul even though we don't know exactly what this thorn um, was in Paul's life. 
You know, and and that is instructive. A lot of people uh, have wondered from time to time what exactly uh, is was the thorn in Paul's life, and they think it might be of benefit to know exactly what that thorn was. But it seems to me uh, that it is God's better to design for us not to know what that thorn was, because if we were told exactly what thorn what the thorn was, we might be tempted to think that um, that what Paul says here in chapter 12, what he has to say about the thorn would only apply in that very specific situation. Whatever Paul's thorn was, we can only apply this wisdom when we have that same exact thorn in our lives. But by leaving it vague, um, then 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 the wisdom applies to any uh, thorn in our flesh and and uh, and doesn't pigeonhole it in that way. But Paul said he pleaded three times with the Lord for it to be removed and whether this was literally three times or whether three symbolically represented um, a number for continual asking um, and at the very least shows that paul asked repeatedly for the lord for relief relief that never came at least it didn't come in the way that paul wished the lord did answer paul knowing that it was more important um, for paul to learn reliance on the grace of god rather than earthly comforts and the Lord still acts toward us in this same way. It may not be pleasant, but it, it most definitely is for our eternal good. And it reminds me of a, um, and we'll close with this, but it, it, this, this whole discussion of the thorn in Paul's flesh <coughs> and uh, asking the Lord to remove it and he doesn't and rely on my grace instead, it reminds me of a, a, a beautiful um, but lesser known hymn by John Newton, who is most famous for writing the hymn Amazing Grace. The lesser known hymn that I'm talking about is entitled, I Asked the Lord That I Might Grow. I Asked the Lord That I Might Grow. I'm I'm just going to read you the lyrics, and and you, as I read, and we close it out with this, just think, think carefully about the message of these lyrics. Newton says, I asked the Lord that I might grow in faith and love and every grace might more of his salvation know and seek more earnestly his face. Twas he who taught me thus to pray, and he, I trust, has answered my prayer. But it has been in such a way as almost drove me to despair. I hoped that in some favored hour at once he'd answer my request and by his love's constraining power subdue my sins and give me rest. Instead of this, he made me feel the hidden evils of my heart and let the angry powers of hell assault my soul in every part. Yea, more with his own hand, he seemed intent to aggravate my woe, crossed all the fair designs I schemed, blasted my gourds and laid me low. Lord, why is this, I trembling cried? Wilt thou pursue thy worm to death? "'Tis in this way,' the Lord replied, "'I answer prayer for grace and faith. "'These inward trials I employ "'from self and pride to set thee free "'and break thy schemes of earthly joy "'that thou mayest find thy all in me.'" That's a beautiful hymn and really wonderfully captures the theme of 2 Corinthians chapter 12.